Hello and welcome to the Markup for Life podcast. Today I have a very, very special guest, one of my favorite humans on the planet, uh, Evie Casagrande. Did I say that right this time? You just said it very well, actually. It's not, it's not a lot of people that can say Casagrande like you did, so props. Well, Evie, for those of you who don't know who she is, she... Used to be the strength and conditioning coach for the Orlando Pride. She's now working in the FAWSL for one of the teams over there. Last summer, last year, I don't know, time has kind of done its weird pandemic thing and nobody knows what it is. Sometime during the pandemic, <laughs> she started a Women's Empowerment Coaching Network, which was amazing. And overall, she is just the best. She is my mentor and has encouraged me along the way. So welcome, Evie. Thanks, Andy. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Want to add about yourself? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm figuring out life as, as we all are. I'm just moving a lot in the last few years and just landed in England last year after the, well, in the middle of the pandemic. So I'm uh, very happy to be here, learning a lot, uh, getting used to the rain. And yeah, but it's it's been great. It's been very, very eye-opening experience. And yeah, just can't wait to, to share some things with you today. Yeah, I there's a lot I want to talk to you about and have you share, but to start out with, tell us a little bit about your journey as an athlete. Where, What sport did you play? Was it by chance soccer? <laughs> and how did, how, how did you get uh, to the U.S. and then on to England? And where did you start? Obviously, I mentioned Portuguese. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I, I started in Brazil. I, I actually was born in Brazil. And I come from a family of football players, soccer players. Now that I'm in England, I think twice about saying soccer. So it's going to come as football a lot. Yeah, I started my, my uh, biological father was a professional soccer player. My stepdad was a professional goalkeeper, futsal goalkeeper. So since I was young, I was literally brought into their games and, and kind of my mom was always exposing me to to the soccer environment. And I think that helped. So when I was four or five, I started playing with boys just for fun, of course. And I was probably the only girl until I was probably 12, 15, 12, 12 to 15. Then I started kind of playing more with girls in Brazil, mainly futsal, because just in Brazil, that was kind of accessible for me because of my school. So my school had a futsal team. They didn't have a, a soccer team. So I practiced futsal my entire life, which helped me a lot with the skills side of things and then being able to think very quickly. And then I kind of transitioned to soccer, to 11-a-side soccer, when I, I did a trial in Brazil and I made it and I kind of like, okay, I like this. I'm, I'm going to try to pursue this because, you know, I was pre-selected for the U17 national team at the time. And then kind of, you know, I wanted always to go to America somehow. I never thought my life was going to be in Brazil. Since I was young, I wanted to kind of, you know, fly away with my wings and, and kind of explore something different than Brazil. So I started learning English and then went to an American school in, in my hometown. And then I 
went to the American school. I was trying to get a scholarship to go to the U.S. I did a video, um, highlights of all the games. I actually ended up playing professional at Clube Atlético Mineiro, where Ronaldinho used to play. Ronaldinho Gaúcho used to play. Played there for about two years, 2008, 2009. And that was a very cool experience. Very different professional kind of environment. Uh, I remember we used to play in dirt. If it was not in dirt, it was like in a grass field that the grass was like probably that high in my shin our uniforms because this is just going to be audio so i'm going to tell everyone that for in american terms that was probably about a foot about a foot yes and that's a lot and our uniforms were all given uniforms that were the old uniforms from the men's that were used and it was huge so like if you see my highlight video you see me like almost like a a very short person with a huge uniform. Yeah, it's crazy. So for me, working in a, in a professional club here in England and seeing like we just got a brand new facility for the women's and kind of tying to my experience in Brazil, where it's like, oh my gosh, women's football, women's soccer have been, it's amazing how much it grew. And it, it's very cool to be part of that uh, development. And and then I got to the school, I got a scholarship, went to Ohio, Bowling Green State University, played for four years there, Division One NCAA school. Wanted to play pro in Europe, got an agent, stole my money, ran away. Then I'm like, oh. okay, yeah, so I needed to... Ouch. I know. And that, at that point, <laughs> my visa was about to expire in America. So I was like, okay, I either I'm going to have to go back to Brazil, which I don't want, or I'm going to have to find another way to stay in America. So I applied to a master's degree in exercise physiology. I was doing pre-med at the time, and then I changed my mind. And then it ended up being the, the best decision of my life. And I w- ended up kind of going back to Ohio, to Bowling Green and, and, and doing the, the kinesiology, exercise physiology master's, which I fell in love with. And, and here I am because of it, because my passion for force performance and kind of the closure that I didn't have with soccer going to going pro in Europe. And actually my second year of my master's, I was able to try out for a semi-pro team in, uh, in Ohio. And I played semi-pro for a summer, which was the closure I needed from soccer. Although I really miss it still, but I work within the environment right now. So it's, it's very nice to kind of help women's soccer to, to continue to develop and continue gi- giving the best tools for the players that I work with every day. So it's been definitely a journey. So I, I retired my boots in 2017, although I still kind of get asked in training sometimes if we, if we don't have enough players to kind of jump in and play, which is always amazing. Yeah, that's nice. That's a good job benefit right there. <laughs> yes, it, it is indeed. So from there, I guess, what was, and you shared a little bit of, of your transition and kind of dealing with that, but you talked a lot about needing that closure. So maybe you could expand a little bit. I mean, that just, I can't believe an agent stole your money. That just is so, yeah, ah, so I know. enraging. I, I don't like I don't like thieves. <laughs> I know. I, I know. It, it's it was a crazy time because you know I was I was I was studying for the MCAT of course, and then I was in California. I actually moved after I graduated to California just to you know 
I needed to get away a little bit from the Midwest because I'm just, I'm always such an ambition. Uh, yeah, my ambition is so huge. And, and I, after college, I'm like, okay, I need to explore what, what's life is about outside of the Midwest. So yeah, it was very crazy because I was so focused to get to that level. I was training. I went to Brazil for a summer to, to really train with a, a sports performance company. And I was like the fittest I was ever and most ready. And, and then that timing, the guy was really, I, I, I still have the, the, the conversations on the phone. And I was actually talking to our recruitment person here at the club uh, about the situation. I was showing him the, the talk and he's like, yeah, that's so normal unfortunately to see so many agents that kind of play around with it but yeah like every day is like oh this club is interested in you and then my hopes are all up and then he disappears for two weeks i'm like dude i literally my visa is about to expire so there's not a lot of time to kill here so it ended up yeah it ended up actually being the best decision that happened like it was actually a thing that if that didn't happen Probably my life as a professional in terms of being a coach will probably not be where I'll probably not be where I'm at. So I, I'm actually very grateful. And I think a lot of the times we might not see that those things when it happens and we just kind of, we get to that point that we hate everything. Like this is why is this happening to me? But then I think if we switch our perspective on things and, and, to be a coach was actually the closure I needed. So it's for me, it's the rewarding part of what I didn't have. Can I pass it on to my players that I work with? And then all the tools that I didn't have as a, as a player, all the education that I didn't have as a player. Now I'm able to, to share that with players to, to, for them to perform better and not only physically, but kind of be a more resilient person all throughout. And I think that's what a lot of the times that's, a lot of um, strength conditioning coaches, they are just isolated in the physical aspect. And, and I'm more the holistic way in terms of life because I've been there and I've done that. And I know kind of the tools that I needed to kind of go to when times were, were hard. So it's, it's a very cool thing to kind of pass it on to the players. I love it. So you obviously have your own personal experience. You also have worked with a lot of professional athletes who were going to have to transition into retirement someday. What lessons and takeaways have you gained from those experiences that you could share with other people that are on that journey? Yeah, I think, I think the, the biggest thing is uh, when you're surrounded by soccer and you're surrounded, your entire life is kind of, you know, you're, you wake up, you eat you it's almost like yeah it's just automatic just everything that you do it's around soccer and around your life as an athlete and I think the things that I try to pass it on to those players that are sometimes even in at the young stage they're not even close to retirement and and that's where I think it's the most important time to actually educate them in this that it's there's life outside of football of life outside of soccer and i think the earlier that you realize that there is a balance where you can you know be the best version of yourself and and you can work hard during the day and stuff like that but there is 
the need of that disconnection between the soccer and football world because otherwise if something happens that and a lot of the times we always think that we have a, a roadmap and this road is going to be extremely you know is the way we want it to be it doesn't work that way so if, if if an injury happened or something happens in your life and then all of a sudden you're like well my identity is soccer so now what so instead of kind of waiting for that moment to come I try to really show to my athletes by example how life outside of football is. So like an example, right now I am doing all different kinds of sports. Like I'm doing martial arts, I'm doing volleyball, uh, beach volleyball. And that's the reason, the reason I do that is because I'm trying to disconnect from football, from soccer, from my environment. Otherwise it's just too much. And I think that's so important for a professional coach, for somebody that's in this industry, especially when you're working in an elite, but also for players that, and whatever your other things are outside of football, like you have to find something that it, it's it doesn't get your identity just for soccer and that can be as soon as you get back from training and you're you're resting whatever just do something with your friends that and and get friends that are not in soccer like so you don't have to think to talk talk about soccer all the time and then when you do retire then you already have a little bit of different perspective about life that you know what you know, soccer was a big part of my life, but you know that, that now it's time to try new things. And 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 for me, it was it was I was still in the environment of football, of soccer, but you know, I'm I'm just kind of changed my purpose a little bit. So there's always as you see players that that go into coaching because they can't really uh, disconnect from that environment, which is great. You still you're still connected and you still find your purpose through soccer. So yeah, so I think that 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 would be the biggest thing for me. It's kind of getting the tools early on to to really deal with uh, life outside of football. So you really can kind of your identity is way more than just a soccer player. Um, yeah. You're a human, you have a family, you have friends, you have, I mean, so much that you can do to kind of explore life in, in a different environment. So, yeah, that that's for me, I think, is the biggest thing that I try to instill early on with my players. I have to, I, I came from a, a solo sport. I did figure skating, so it was a little bit different. I went to high school and I was the only figure skater in the school, but like when I was at figure skating club, when I was skating, when I was doing the competitions, then I was very much that whole mindset of I am a figure skater. And I think even though I had the other things going on, I was a part of some church sports and some recreational sports and I had outside friends. But still, when I hit that point where my injury came and figure skating was done, I had still invested so much in it that I was like, but I don't love anything else like I love this. And I think when you became my my mentor, we had a chat about this, about how you found the martial arts and how I found indoor soccer and just finding like those different things that can start to to spark your joy and your passion in other directions, even if it's um 
I know one of my my friends who's a who's a retired soccer player did some wine pourings during the off season once and we kind of had a chat I I had never been to a wine pouring so I went to that one what is that I don't don't even know what so just like they they pour a tasting of wines Oh, wine. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay, that's, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I want to do that. <laughs> she's just like, my life isn't just soccer. I like wine. I like this. And like, so I'm learning about it. And she informed me about it. And it was kind of, it was a really cool experience to be like both of us in kind of a newer environment that she had more knowledge on it than me but it was still not like normally her day job and I think just finding little things like that 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 challenge you when I did leave figure skating I did struggle with that whole identity thing and I was like well I'm just an office worker because I had been working almost half a decade in an office and skating at the same time and then I'm just like but figure skating was what made me cool. Now I just work in a stupid office. I sit at a desk. I'm nobody. I do nothing important. And I have a job where it people hate me. So it it was it was really hard. And then to find those other things, to find new communities to connect to and new adventures. It really did help. So when you mentioned that, when you mentioned going and finding the martial arts and things like that, that was that was really a highlight for me of things that you shared. Mandy Marquardt here, NASM certified personal trainer, sports performance coach, and youth exercise specialist. If you're looking to get back into your sports after a year of lockdown and limitations, we're trying to get your physical health and functionality back. I am here to help. We offer virtual training. Check out markup, M-A-R-Q-U-P, training.com. Or email us at markuptraining at gmail.com. Yeah, and I think the competition side is the, the, the thing that people misses the most. And I think, you know, I'm, st- I'm still like my competition levels are so high. Like in terms of like everything I do, I'm so competitive. Uh, my partner just like she laughs at me because like literally let's play ping ping pong and I literally die for for it to win and then, yeah so it's I think the competition like that's where you can find other ways to to find that competition so like for me it's right now it's beach volleyball it's uh, Muay Thai it's kind of learning different set of skills and and being outside of the environment where people just talk about soccer all the time which is very healthy, my, especially for your mind. So, um, so I think that especially for retired athletes, I think the, the key thing is to try new things, be open-minded to it. And it's almost like when you you're injured, like when I, when I have players injured, I, I try to expose them to other things so they can focus on and rather than just being back and the injury itself. So like I'm doing a lot of breathing mechanic stuff and breathing work, Oh, myself so I can pass it on to my players and my players the, the injured players there with me like if they're doing pool work they're they, the, the pool work that was supposed to be boring for them it's now super competitive because it adds up the breathing mechanics which is very hard for athletes because a lot of us just have 
dysfunctional breathing already. So when you you are forced to to kind of breathe more through your nose and, and be able to control your breathing, then now your your pool workout while you're injured it's so much more interesting because it's hard. Players love a competition. I have a group of like 13, 14 players in the squad that is for breathing mechanics because they love it. And we have a lot of like different drills. Like today I sent them the drill where you put water on your mouth and then you, you try to inhale for five seconds, exhale for five seconds through your nose. And they have to count how many minutes they can walk with the water on their mouth without swallowing that water. Um, so that generates you know, a a competition, competition, competitive side of things. And without them notice, they are gaining a a set of skills that it's going to be so huge for them in terms of recovery and, and, and and for their performance and for life, because if you're able to control your your breathing and you're able to, to be resilient on that, that makes your life so much easier because then if you have a stress in your life and that can be soccer or it can be anything, then you, you can tell your brain, you know, you've been there. It's fine. We're going to get through this. So I'm very invested in that breathing stuff the last few days. Oh, and, and you, when you shared that with me, I, yeah. my nose was broken by the doctor when I was born with forceps and I didn't, they didn't fix it until I was in my senior year of high school. It's was 98% blocked on one side. So I grew up never breathing through my nose because I couldn't, it wasn't possible. And so when you had me try that breathing, (laughs) it it made a huge difference very fast. I'll tell you what, we have a huge hill. We walk about a half a mile every day, me and my roommate. And when I tried to walk up the hill, just breathing out of my nose, the first time I thought I was going to die. And then it, it was, it was amazing how challenging it was and also how beneficial and helpful. And exactly. I, I'm so glad you brought that up. I was like, yeah, and it, it, it's unbelievable. And it, it helped me through my, I mean, the last year because of COVID and all this stuff that the move from the U.S. to here. I had a panic attack and my kind of my mental health was, you know, I mean, I mean, I still struggle every day and I try to, I have to try to really um, do everything I can to really invest in my health and my mind. And breathing was really what kind of saved me throughout those last few months because it gave me, you know, a kind of a tool to to really understand my body and really teach teach my body to, you know, and my brain say, you know, stress is there, but it's okay. We have this under control. And I think a lot of the times, like, especially when you do that, you said that you're, you, I thought I was going to die. And that's, it's what stress causes you, right? So like, as soon as you, and if you train your body, because stress doesn't know was so your body doesn't know what kind of stress is it right so like if if it's going through a panic attack or if it's you're playing soccer and your heart rate's about to be 200 those stresses are the same your body doesn't know this stress is from soccer this stress is from panic attack is the same thing so physiology in terms of you controlling your physiology you can control what happens it's all it's all in your brain so if you train and you're like okay i think i'm about to die but i got this and it, it this is okay i'm not gonna die then you're gonna see the next day that you walk there your experience is gonna be different and you're gonna be it's gonna be like 
a, a piece of cake because you t- your brain is like, okay, we've been here before. We didn't die. It was okay. It's going to be fine. So, so it's a very, very interesting thing. And, I, and again, it's, it's been helping me so much uh, with the breathing and owning that breathing and owning the physiology and understanding like the feel. So like when I'm, when I'm doing uh, my workouts, I, you know, a lot of times we use heart rate to kind of see uh, when your heart rate goes down, then you can go again. I try to, to gauge during my breathing. So from one set to the other, I don't use heart rate. I don't use the rest time. I use my own feeling of my physiology as soon as I can breathe nose nose again so like if I do a set and it's so hard that I have to go mouth mouth so (laughs) right so okay how fast can I go from that to (laughs) through your nose and as soon as I hit that and I'm okay then I go again so learning how to, and this is all from shift adapt is that those guys at shift adapt, Brian McKenzie, Rob Wilson, those guys are unbelievable. And they, I do their membership, um, their mentor mentoring and, and membership online. And, and it's just experiments every day through workouts, through uh, weights, through running the bike. And, and it's amazing. They have a gear system where, you know, they have gear four, gear three, gear two, gear, gear one. So gear one is your na- nasal breathing, very slow nasal breathing. Your gear four is, is your mouth, mouth when you're very, you know, at that stage. So it's very cool. And I'm trying to, to teach my athletes because if they know that if they own their, their breathing, if they own their, their stressful events and, and, you know, it's so much easier for them. So yeah, definitely. That's something I highly recommend people to. My counselor kind of had me do something similar, but not involving breathing. So she wanted me to intentionally put myself in some stressful situations and then just, Feel it, and I. So I hate driving in heavy traffic. I hate driving in Seattle. I refuse to do it. I avoid it at all costs. But because she had challenged me to do that, I went to a women's networking event for people in the sports industry in Seattle, and I had to drop my dog off in West Seattle with my former boss. And leaving my dog was hard because <laughs> uh-huh. I haven't left him that much. We both have apparently some separation anxiety because of the pandemic. And then normally I would just get on the freeway and head straight up to north of Seattle. I had to drive through downtown Seattle and then I had to drive through the tunnels and I get motion sickness. So I avoid the tunnels at all costs. And then there were accidents when I got on the freeway. So I was stuck in traffic moving nowhere. And I was just like, I'm doing my assignment. This is great. I feel stressed, but it's fine. Fine. You you survive. The the world will keep spinning. Yeah. yeah. And like I drove through downtown Seattle and I made all sorts of mistakes, which is what stresses me out. It's like cars everywhere and you need to move over quick and nobody lets you. I, they let you in more than they do in Utah where I grew up, but it's still like, it's hard to get over to the right lane if you get in the wrong lane and I got up the wrong lane and I still was able to get over to the right lane and just letting myself be stressed out like that and survive it. Like you said, it does, yeah. it helps your 100%. body and brain learn to process it better. So 100%. Yeah, that's good. 
Well, we've got just a minute for wrap up left. Do you have any other thoughts, anything about the, uh, the network coming back or what you learned from doing that or anything yeah. else at all to add? Yeah, the Coach Empowerment Network was a very, very special thing that I started. And I think it started when I kind of came to England and I was waiting for my visa to to get done, which took four months. And I was like, you know, I just need to do something and, and kind of collaborate. And, and I created this free resource where I would bring amazing women uh, to present their work. And, and it, was, it was very cool because it was all about outside of the physical aspect is all about kind of their perspective in life, their story. And it was so cool because the, the idea with it was not just bring females. It was have guys in the room where they, they would see our perspective in life and they would see kind of maybe the struggles that they don't see that that can happen with them. And it was amazing. Uh, we did about five, six months in a row. And then life got very busy at the club. And I had to kind of put a pause into it. But hopefully after uh, probably November, December, I hope that those will come back and and we'll keep we'll keep sharing that. Uh, but yeah, the coaching department was, was awesome. So keep a, a, an eye to to some some things that are coming in the next few months. Hopefully that it will come back at full force. We'll have some some links for everyone to follow Evie on Instagram because that's what, where she posts all her great stuff she's working on. So, yes. And also, if you just want to say what's your Instagram handle so people can find you. Yeah, so it's simple at Evie Casagrande, I-V-I-C-A-S-A-G-R-A-N-D-E. Yeah, it's simple. I'm on Twitter. I'm not posting as much as I used to, uh, because again, it's it's been crazy. But um, but you can find all the stuff there. Awesome! Thank you for coming and sharing all of your wisdom with us again. Thanks for inviting me. Mm-hmm.